Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to our future guests. You can visit the website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast site. You can also find the link in the show notes. The song you just heard is Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Evan Hansen. Evan was a three-time state place winner and two-time state champ for Exira Elkhorn Kimbleton. Evan went on to make history at Grandview University by winning four NAI national titles. He's only the eighth to ever accomplish the feat, and he was the first Grandview wrestler to do so. Evan recently was named the head wrestling coach of the AHSTW Vikings in Avoca, Iowa. So big shout out and congrats to him. So with that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Evan Hansen. Where did you train? Elkhorn. I, uh, I did drive to Martinsdale for uh, high altitude wrestling club practices okay. uh, once a week. But yeah, most of my training just came on my own in Elkhorn. No kidding, just on your own. Yep, I'd wake up at like three, three thirty, and then I'd uh, go in at like four, four thirty, somewhere in there, depending on the day. And I'd work out for a couple hours running. I never really lifted, to be honest, but <laughs> running, stance in motion, just stuff like that. And then uh, I would uh, go in and get some help with uh, homework in the mornings, and then go to school. And then uh, after practice i would do the same i'd be there from like 4 a.m to like 7 p.m every day oh my gosh and just by yourself too you did this by yourself yep this yep. was like your family did any of your like do you have any siblings did anyone else really wrestle uh my uncle wrestled in high school but that was it that what was back you to wrestling then i guess like what no idea no <laughs> idea my my mom said that like basically from the time that I could walk, I wanted to wrestle my sister just nonstop. And, um, I just wanted to wrestle. I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to wrestle. My mom finally said, all right, we'll take you to practice. And I was way too young. I was like three, three or four. <laughs> and at that time, Elkhorn didn't even allow you to start until you were in first grade. Really? And mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, so I took him in <laughs> or my parents took me in and, uh, they the I can't remember who was running the club. Maybe it was Jason Noon um, or John Noon. But um, at that time, they told my parents, like, all right, he can stay and learn and, and practice, but you guys have to be here at every single practice. Oh. Yeah, and you miss one, he's out until he's a first grader. Wow. And and uh, basically, like, I just apparently I never gooked goofed off i was just very interested in it from word go and uh i i like uh i don't remember like any of it so i'm just trying to (laughs) story off of what my parents tell me but um like uh apparently I, i was very into it and i just started going and going and going and was trying to learn as much as i could and my mom was hoping i would hate the the sport (laughs) because <laughs> you knew like because of my uncle she knew uh what kind of damage it would do to my body if i like actually got serious into it yeah and and she basically she said dang <laughs> when i yeah. when i loved it 
<laughs> and and so from that point on they uh they took me in every single day and and after like a year or so they finally said you guys don't have to come anymore um but what they didn't know is dad wanted to be there at every practice because yeah. he was learning with me he never wrestled really nice yeah he he wrestled for like i think it was like a week or something like that he said and in like junior high or something and he kept wrestling and he went to harlan and they just kept putting him with like a state champ or something like that or, or just a really good wrestler and he was just learning and he just kept getting his butt kicked and he's like i'm not getting any help nobody's teaching me anything you know i'm just getting my butt kicked so i'm out mm-hmm. and and then he didn't wrestle ever again so he was he was trying to learn with me and so he wanted to be at every practice because he was going to be the one coaching me. And so by the time I got to high school, he got his high school coaching license and nice. was coaching. And then, yeah. So how, how did you do on the AAU circuit? Uh, I did relatively well. I think I can't even remember what places I got, to be honest. I never won it. Uh, never won AAU, but I won USA twice and grade school once. <laughs> Maybe it was grade school twice. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, not not too terribly successful. I, I did really well at, at state top. I think it was top four, top five every single year, but mm-hmm. um, nothing too special anyway. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you kind of took wrestling serious from the get go. Is that that kind yeah. of sound seemed right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took wrestling very seriously from the get go. And my parents also like had conversation with me and I obviously I don't remember that, but I, uh, I, I know that, um, they told me like, Hey, this is what's going on. You can't goof off. If this is what you want to do, you have to pay attention. And my dad's standard was like, whatever you do, you're going to give a hundred percent effort or you're not going to do it. That's the standard. He's like, I, there's no point in me wasting my time if you're just going to goof off and you're not going to give me everything you got. Mm-hmm. And so from the time that I started anything, um, that, that that was just like, this is the way it's going to be. And, and if I can't give that, then we're just going to not do that, you know? So, yeah. We're, so, you got out of, you know, you got out of college, you graduated from Granby. Where, where'd you go then? Uh, I went out to the university of Virginia with Trent and Travis Paulson. And, uh, I was training out there trying to make an Olympic team in 2020. Um, I ended up leaving there for some personal reasons and, uh, I loved it out there. It was great. Um, Virginia is beautiful. You got the mountains and the ocean, just like, bam, yeah. within an hour drive. And I'm just like, ah, this is awesome. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I ended up leaving, uh, left the sport for, oh, eight months or so. Just didn't have anything to do with it. Um, and then decided to slowly kind of come back into it a little bit and, uh, end up getting a volunteer coaching job at Ottawa university in Ottawa, Kansas. Um, that kind of turned into a head coaching job for the women. Mm-hmm. and and i was it it's a nice school and but the issue for me there was 
I wasn't getting paid at all. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that was, that was the thing, like come in a couple of days a week, you know, just whenever you can. Um, instead it turned into, Hey, take over the women's program. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and so I had to do all the recruiting and everything. And I got like 10 or 11 girls there. Um, at the time they had like a, a eight girl roster or something like that. Um, and so th- that was nice and everything, but they weren't totally sold on, on me being the head women's coach officially. Um, and so the AD kind of told me like, Hey, we're, we're going to offer it to somebody else. And I said, then after nationals, I'm out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stay and be the assistant coach. I'm going to try and get a a better coaching job. And, and, uh, so they, they ended up getting like another, after the 10 or so that I got there, they ended up getting quite a few. They have a big team now. Um, and, and that's when I took the job at Avila university in Kansas city. Uh, right on the Missouri side side of the border. Um, and that, that was really good. I liked that job. Um, but that was the men's and women's assistant coach. And I did a good 90 to 95% of the technique. Um, and, and our room was so small that we had to have three practices. Um, most days it turned into most days we just fit the guys into one um and and the girls into one or we'd split them up and uh guys and girls just you know come in at certain times based on their class schedule but there's almost always two practices a day Jeez. but yeah plus all the uh extra workouts that I was trying to get in with people and all the recruiting that I was doing um, I did a good, I don't know, 80% of initial contact recruiting for them. Um, and, and I mean, it, it paid off cause I think they got like another seven or eight girls and another eight to 10 guys, something like that. Um, and, and I didn't recruit all of them obviously, but, um, a, a significant portion and, um, and, and so that job was, I wasn't getting paid nearly enough to pay the bills yeah. and in, in, in a city that cost more than what I was getting paid. And, and I didn't have time to do something else. And, and it was getting very tiring because on the weekend, like you do everything all week long. Then on the weekend you go to a tournament, right? And sa- yeah. Saturday was almost always guys. And so I'm there all day Saturday coaching. And then I, I wake up at 4 a.m. again on Sunday to coach the girls and then and then drive home and then wake up Monday and, and start all over. And so, I mean, when it was all sudden done, like after the tournaments and everything, every week I was working like 90 plus hours Holy cow. after the tournaments. I mean, those tournaments are anywhere from like a, a six to a 14 hour day, depending on how big and how it's ran, you know, any mm-hmm. issues and. So it it just turned into a lot and I just went to the school and I said, listen, this is, this is what I need to stay. Um, I, and and it was, it it was something that I thought was fair. Um, and, and they just, they weren't ready to commit to that. 
And I said, well, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Um, cause I, I'm worried about my financials and I can't be the best coach I can be if I'm worried about my financials. Right. And, and so I, I just went ahead and resigned. Um, and, and now a couple months, Oh, probably five months after I left, they fi- it finally hit them that, Hey, we, we need some more coaches in here. Um, and so they, everything that I asked for, they got, and, and so I'm, I'm glad to see that <clears throat> and, and they're succeeding. I think, I think the girls are like two and two right now and the guys are seven and two. So, I mean, they're, I think the guys just hit the rankings for the first time ever, in like 22nd or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're definitely getting a lot better and they're, they're continuing to grow. And, and I think a big part of that is they, they got the resources in there that they needed coaching wise, you know, like, mm-hmm don't get me wrong. Like I, I know a lot of technique. I know a lot about wrestling, but like not everybody's going to want to do things my way. Right. You know, and uh, we had a graduate assistant in there and not everybody's going to want to do things his way. Right. You know, so the more coaches that you can get in there, the better, because mm-hmm. the more ways of doing the same move that you can find. And, you know, your wrestlers can pick and choose like, I like this from this and this from this move and, you know, and kind of make their own style out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you really start to see, um, thing, things develop really quickly. Recently, um, I've done a lot more in women's coaching than the men's, um, until I kind of got back to Grandview and, and I feel like I'm, I'm much more, uh, rounded in women's wrestling, even though it's a, a freestyle. Um, and the reason for that is because, like, I, I was engaged to Rachel Waters for four years uh, while I was in college, and and uh, I learned, like, I, I went down to Oklahoma City where she wrestled, and I learned from their head coach. He kind of took me under his wing and was like showing me the ins and outs and like the differences between women and men, and um, <clears throat> so from twenty eighteen ish to to now, you know, I've been in women's wrestling and before that, even my sister wrestled all the way to junior high. Yeah. So like my entire life I've been, I've had something to do with women's wrestling and, and, uh, I just feel like, I think my personality meshes with women's wrestling well, because I'm just a very laid back person. <laughs> I'm very, very competitive, but I'm also very laid back. Now, if you, if you ask that, <laughs> it's probably a different story. Cause I, I wasn't like that in high school, <laughs> but, uh, but nowadays, I mean, I'm, I'm a much different person now. And it's not, I went for in high school. It was like, I'm doing this. And if you're not on this path with me, get away from me, mm-hmm. you know? And then I got to college and it's like, I'm doing this. And then my coach was like, I love the way that you're doing that. But you know, you, you could also be social too. <laughs> like, you can be a good wrestler, but you could also like talk to people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> so I he maybe take some classes on that, <laughs> but uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I think my style just of coaching just meshes with women's wrestling really well because um, I'm laid back and I don't yell a lot, you know, like if I yell, you know, you're screwing up, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like the only thing that I really get mad about is when we don't give a hundred percent effort. Nothing makes me more mad than when somebody's losing him. I don't, Women's wrestling, nine, nothing men's wrestling, 14, nothing. I don't care if you, if you're up or down when you, what drives me nuts is when, when you, you put all this work into somebody, they may not be getting the results that they want, right? They're, they're getting beat hard. It's just not going well for them, but then they just decide, screw it and give up. And you can tell, you can just see the life go out of them and they roll over and get pinned. Or they just give up that last takedown just to make it end, you know. I'm, and like I said, that's that's just the way my parents raised me. Is like a hundred percent effort, a hundred percent of the time. If you can't do that, why are you doing it? You know. And for me, that includes like if I'm down fourteen nothing, you may beat me. In fact, the odds are very good that you are just a better wrestler than me. Yeah. But you're not good. I'm not going down without a fight. <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's always that chance that I could either come back and, t- and beat you or I could just hit some random move and catch you on your back and beat you. You know, you, you never know. But I don't know. I mean, that that's a hard value to find in, in kids these days, for sure. Um, I, I, not just kids. That's a hard value to find in anybody. You know, like you may not like what you do. And so people do the bare minimum to get by. And don't get me wrong. I don't enjoy going out and salting roads all day, you know, but, but like, if I don't do it, who's going to, you know? So it's just one of those things. Mm -hmm. And you have one of the, so uh, I got a few things for that. One is you have one of the best women wrestlers, Allie Reagan coaching the women's program at Grandview. So you got a perfect person there to to talk to and learn from you know and two i can think of two coaches off the top of my head brett hunter is out at shadron state i just talked to him on my podcast he is um he was 25 when he took over the program um and has built it into starting to get fairly successful and the other one's john smith john smith was like 22 20 24 somewhere in that range when he took over oklahoma state Mm -hmm. so you know when you sit here and say like, Oh, do they want to hand the reins over to a 25 year old coach immediately? I'm like, I can think of two people off the top of my head at different divisions that have been successful taking over a program at your age. The, the way, see, so, I agree. The way I look at it is like you hand the reins over to me and there's two things that's going to happen. We're going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. Maybe not right away, but we'll eventually be very successful mm-hmm. or we're going to shit the bed and you're going to fire me. <laughs> Those are your two options, right? <laughs> like if I'm doing terrible, you're not going to keep me on staff. Right. And if you do, I mean, come on now, really, you know, but I, I just don't see it's hard. And I get it because like a 25, 26 year old coaching, 18 to 23 year old women, I, I see the uh, issue there with HR. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's where you allow me to bring in a coach like Allie Reagan, you know, like that, that's what Grandview did. 
In fact, they, they hired a, a man as a head coach and they brought in two assistant coaches that were both women and both those girls. I don't have much to do with the women's side of Grandview, but I do know. And we went to a lot of the same tournaments last year when I was coaching at Avila. And, and I know that like those girls, they do a lot with the, the girls on the team where it's like, Hey, I'm having issues with a boyfriend or whatever. And, and Krenzie says, not my territory, you, you take this one, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so like, th- that's where you bring in people, like even on the men's side, it, I may be really, really good in the room, you know, and I can show all the technique in the world, but if I'm not good with the budget, I'm not good with the paperwork, you know, uh, I'm not good at like, uh, seeing where, you know, how much scholarship we can give and all that kind of stuff. Well, if, if I'm not good at that, I bring in somebody that is good at that, you know, to, to fill that spot. And, and so that, that's where like <clears throat> your John Smith's have coach, you know, he brought in coaching staff next to him to do that. Mm-hmm. Your, your Kale Sanderson's right. that's where Casey Cunningham comes in and, and Cody Sanderson, you know, Kale, Kale isn't necessarily, he's a really, really good coach, but he's not necessarily the best people person, you know, but Casey, he'll talk to you all day long, you know, maybe not, but you know, he, he's willing to portray right. that anyway, yeah. you know? And, and so that, that, I mean, that's where I think a, a good coach, he knows his weaknesses and, and fills that, that blank. He either learns how to do it or he fills it in with somebody else and then learns how to do it. You know, that, that's the way I look at it. But that, I mean, right now there's not nearly as many men coaching spots available as the women. Cause a lot of schools are adding women's wrestling mm-hmm. and the issue I'm a big supporter of growing women's wrestling. The issue is they're starting to get to the point where there's not enough women to fill the programs. And so coaches or, or schools are, are wanting women wrestlers to coach the women teams. And, and like I said, the issue with that is, there's just not enough of them, mm-hmm. right? The ones that are qualified to coach a college level team are still wrestling because women's wrestling is relatively young. So I was wanting to ask you, did you ever, so co- combined with how expensive Grandview is and combine that with your success on the mat, did you ever think about transferring to like a different school, division one, you know, where the cost is a little cheaper um, to maybe get that extra, you know, Russell division one. Well, truth be told, uh, growing up, all I wanted to do was wrestle for Iowa state because of Kale Sanderson. Mm-hmm. I watched Kale Sanderson wrestle or when his fourth and I was like, that's where I want to go. You know, I, I want to do that same thing. And, and then two of my good friends, Trent and Travis Paulson also wrestled there and, and they're quite a bit older than me, but mm-hmm. we grew up in the same areas they went to lewis central yeah and and so like in the wrestling world (laughs) it's so small that like just those small things is like oh you're from you're from lewis central like i'm from elkhorn like (laughs) like 30 minutes man awesome you know and so so you you gain a relationship with those guys just based off of that and and so yeah i i i wanted to go to iowa state 
they didn't offer me anything and Grandview did. And I wasn't going to try and walk on to Iowa state when Grandview was offering me something. Mm-hmm. If Grandview didn't offer me anything, I had like upper Iowa and um, a couple of D threes, but the D threes can't give you a scholarship and coming out of high school. I did not have the grades to get a scholarship. It was not pretty. (laughs) Um, And, and so I knew that like the only way I was going to be able to get into college was through a wrestling scholarship. And at upper Iowa, I I just wasn't going to get a good enough one. And so really Grandview was the only place that offered me enough that was worth, you know, going where financial aid could cover the rest. And so after that, Iowa state was really never, I think coach dresser contacted Mitchell asking about me one time. And I only know that because Mitchell was just absolutely livid and he like took it out on me one day, like (laughs) yelling at me and and I was like, what on earth did I do? What are you yelling at? <laughs> and he's like, freaking Coach Dresser offered me, or uh, wanted to talk to you today. And I was like, okay, who who's Coach Dresser? And and he's he's like, that's Iowa State's coach. I can't fucking stand him. He's like, he's a little scum trying to steal people from other schools. And I was like, can I go to practice now? <laughs> like, he, he didn't say those exact words, but, but I'm just sitting here like, man, I'd, I'd hate to be the guy that like actually leaves this place. <laughs> and then uh, going into my senior year, uh, the university of Oklahoma offered me a full ride scholarship. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, and that was something that I, I definitely had to think about. Uh, I had been training down there um, at that time, like over the summer, training with them. Uh, Sam Hayeswinkle is their uh, RTC guy, and I know him pretty well. Um, and and so it it was a tough decision, you know. And and it ended up being I I, I did a rundown of like the cons and the pros. Uh, one of the cons was they wanted me to wrestle one eighty four. Cause they had Jacob Woodley and, and I was beating Woodley, but he was ranked like 11th or something like that. And, and he couldn't make 84. I don't know if I could have made 84. <laughs> I was like walking around at like two thirteen constantly my senior year cutting down. And, and that doesn't seem like a much, but when you're cutting down to one eighty four, that's a big cut. Yes, it is. And, and so and so it was like, a, that's a con. Like, can I even make 84? If I go there, get a full ride, am I even going to be on the starting lineup? Cause, cause I don't know if I can make it. Mm-hmm. I, cause at 97, my senior year, I had 6% body fat, 6%. Mm-hmm. And, Which and is, so was that like the minimum? Yeah. That's the minimum to be able to like pass your, um, body fat. But like, uh, we, we have this scale that, that would tell you like, Hey, you have too many, too much of this, too much of this, too much of this. Your right leg is 30% water right now. Um, you Your know, right leg is 30% water. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, okay. it's very detailed yeah. and, and that that's working with Econ nutrition, Econ nutrition donated that scale to Grandview. And basically it's to make their life easier because guys that are on weight plans, they can say like, okay, your, your body's not losing weight because of this, this, and this, like, Either, either what we're giving you is not working, or you're not sticking to what we're giving you. 
you know, one of those two options. And, and so I just knew that my body fat wasn't very high. Um, because the body fat was test was done. I could have dropped to 84 and just say I was at three. If, if I did, I was at 3% body fat. Well, I could still wrestle, but, uh, it, it wouldn't have been fun. <laughs> and, and so anyway, um, it just came down to, to graduate from Oklahoma, the university of Oklahoma, you had to have 30 credits through the university of Oklahoma. And I was only 15 away from graduating. And, and so that was the difference. I was like, yeah, I get one year paid for in the long run. I'm paying more because I have to go back to school for another semester on my own dime. And so after that, it was like, all right, sorry guys, I I can't, you know, but just, just uh, getting Mitchell to sign the permission to contact to be able to even consider that was, oof, that was not fun. That was, that was not fun at all. I don't know if I've ever had my head shoot off that much in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously I ultimately made the decision to stay and I mean, not, not just to, to win four, but uh, thank goodness I did because the whole COVID thing struck and, and uh, had I left, I wouldn't even gotten a chance at four because they didn't have their national tournament. Um, so I would wow. just, I would have been stuck at three with no way of even attempting, you know? So, uh, cause for whatever reason, the NCAA, the NAIA, they all gave, um, everybody an extra year for COVID mm-hmm. except for the seniors that year. The seniors were just SOL, mm-hmm. you know, like you got to wrestle the whole year. So screw you basically. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, they got to wrestle the whole year, but they didn't get to wrestle the one tournament that, that they train all year for, Yeah, you know? And, and so like for, for the guys like, like me um, or my age anyway, that sucks for them. And, and they tried to get me to go get me another year of eligibility to go back and try to win five. But um, even if I did have the eligibility, there's no way I was going to do that. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to, I was like, the only way I'm doing that is if you can give me a full ride scholarship, I don't even have to take out any FAFSA guaranteed, like, you know, and I know darn well, Grandview wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely thought about leaving more than one time. Um, and I, I got offered at OU and, and that was like a, man, th- this was what I was wanting out of high school, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad I went to Grandview. Um, to be quite honest, I don't know if I would have succeeded at a D1 wrestling wise. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I could have done really well. Um, D1 wise. I mean, half of the guys that either won it or, uh, placed at 97 and D one, I beat throughout my career. Um, so I, I definitely would have been very competitive at D one regardless, but, um, I, I just classroom wise, I, if I would have went in as a freshman, I don't know if I, I, I probably would have flunked out honestly, cause, mm-hmm. um, Grandview kind of forced the issue and was like babysitting me, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Hey, Hey, you, you went to this class, but why didn't you do this assignment? You know? Um, 
And then after my freshman year, I got tired of having to do study table. So like after my first semester, I had like a, a 3.9 my first semester, but wow. they were all really easy classes. Still, still, you know, like just, just really, really easy. And, and uh, so after my first semester, they said, you don't have to go to study table. Okay. I continued to go to the study table second semester and I had like a three, eight. And then after that, I stopped going to study table. And it just kept going down and down and down. <laughs> and I ended up with like a three O or something like that. But granted, the classes got a lot harder. But part of that was like I started paying more attention to the wrestling side than the, the academic side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it could have cost me. It didn't. But, you know, I didn't know if it would or not. So. Mm-hmm. Was your national tournament before COVID shut down? It, sound- it was it was the week before. Like we wow. had our national tournament and like four days later they shut everything down. I remember um I was on my way up to Jamestown from ex fiance's national tournament the following weekend and uh Jamestown, North Dakota. And I was like twenty minutes away. And and they had already weighed in. They were warming up and they called off the national tournament. Like D2, D3, and women's NAI were all at the national tournament warming up for their matches, and they called it off. Said, you guys can't wrestle each other. I'm like, you already have everybody in the freaking building anyway. Yeah. Like, at this point, if they're getting COVID, they're getting COVID. Like, (laughs) it's inevitable now. Just let them finish the tournament. Even if you try to squeeze everything into one day, Mm -hmm. you know, just just get it in one day. Uh, You know, I was just... I was like, wow, that sucks. You know, like <laughs> I'm fortunate that my tournament wasn't a week later. You know, right. I, I just, I just got lucky, honestly, in terms of that. And then like, I had pneumonia at my national tournament. I went to the doctor and they tested me and everything. And I, and it turns out I had pneumonia and I went and wrestled. I was like, I'm not missing the national tournament. Oh gosh. <laughs> and, so you won you won a national ter- title on a torn MCL, LCL, and meniscus, and when you had pneumonia. Yep. What the heck, man? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh yeah, I mean, my first match I got taken down right away in my senior year. I was like, whew. It's going to be a long tournament. <laughs> I ended up beating him. I can't even remember the score. Went and slept. Got woke up like literally the match before my my match. Went out there, wrestled, beat him. Went back to sleep. Uh, next day. No, I had another match that day. I don't even remember what that one was. It was like the quarterfinal or something like that. Next day, come in. I, and I literally didn't do anything. I I, I was like couple pounds underweight because i just wasn't eating i was just tired exhausted and and uh i i forced myself to eat a little bit um after weigh-ins for semis and a guy that like he was he was really strong but a guy that i i should have beat him pretty convincingly um and had i been healthy i might have had the the strength and um stamina to to do that but this guy lays his hands on me and I was like, Oh boy, this is going to be a battle. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't have the energy to, I took one shot on his leg. I was like, yeah, screw that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I 
I think I took him down or something. I don't even remember. It was like a three, one match or something like that. And I just remember him being on my leg uh, with like 30 seconds left in the match. <laughs> and, and I was, I was just normally I'm, I'm looking for a way to score there. And I was still looking for a way to score there, but it was like, I was holding on as, as, as much as I possibly could while trying to figure out, all right, where, to, where am I trying to put him to, to where I can score, you know? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I just couldn't move him. I was just like, Oh my goodness. Uh, the only time in my entire career, like I'm talking like little kid that I remember anyway, little kid all the way through the only time I ever looked at the clock and I look at the, over the clock and it said 15 seconds. And I was like, <laughs> just <held on. laughs> and, I, and it was, it was really close. I, I it, it was a 50, 50 spot where the ref easily could have called um, a takedown. Grand, I wouldn't have lost the match right there. It would have went to overtime, but, but still, and I walk off the mat and half of my teammates are like, man, I thought you were getting taken down. I was like, I did too, <laughs> I did too dude. <laughs> and, and so I won like three, one, and I am still mad about that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is, I think that's the closest match that I ever, I ever won in, in college. Uh, I think I had like a, a 90% bonus point win percentage or oh something like gosh. that. Um, and, and that was, I either lost or I won by bonus points. Very few did I win by just one or two points. Um, and, and so like that, that match still irritates the living tar out of me. And, and then I, I went to the finals and I had, I used everything up that, that, or that morning in the semis and I had no strength. <laughs> I was just dog tired. And, um, the, uh, the guy takes a single leg on me and, um, I end up scoring on him. I, I managed to scramble out of it and score. And then, uh, he got out right away. And, uh, so it's a two, one match literally at the end of the first period. Mm-hmm. And then I get out, it's a three, one match and he takes a shot on me again. And I, I noticed that we're right next to the edge. So I just did like a cartwheel uh, and hit the um, like scoring table. And, and so we were called out of bounds. <clears throat> and then um, he, he like, uh, he took another shot on me and I defended that one. And then second period ended and third period, he got to his feet and I cradled him and put him on his back, got two back points. And then uh, I turked him and, and put him on his back and pinned him. And I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> but I pinned it with like I don't know, 30 seconds left in the match. <laughs> I had him on his back like the whole third period. And I was running out of energy to just hold him there. <laughs> I, I had him there and I, I was like in such a position. I remember uh, I looked up at, at my coaches and one of my coaches was Ross Larson. He's a friend and he was a coach and he wrestled at the university of Oklahoma and he's their all-time pen leader. And, and uh, I looked up at him and I remember winking at him <laughs> oh my like, we got it. We got it. We got oh it. <laughs> and then I, and then I pinned the guy that was, uh, that was something. So, 
never winked at anybody during a match before. But <laughs> uh, well, but, if there was ever a time to wink at someone, I, I'd say national title when you're going for four is probably an okay time, maybe to wink. <laughs> <laughs> the two hardest parts is your freshman year and your senior year. And the whole reason is like freshman year, you're young. You're not as experienced. Like people hit you and stuff that you don't, you're like, what on earth was that? You know? Yeah. Or, and, and some people, they just get frightened or something that at the national tournament. And that that's why it's so hard to win as a freshman. And then senior year, my goodness, nobody leaves you alone. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody's like, ah, oh, so what's it like to, to try and win four? What's it like to go for your fourth? I had to tell my coach, my coach came up to me and was like, Hey, if you want, if you want to be left alone, that that's fine. Just let me know. Um, and I'll, I'll keep everybody away from you, no matter who it is. He's like, hey, even if it's your family, I don't care. <laughs> and, and I said, I do, I do not want to be interviewed. Just get them away from me. And he said, all right. And, and he was, he was the so-called a-hole to the reporters. Like, Hey, no, you're, you're not doing an interview until the tournament's over. And then after the tournament, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely do an interview. No problem. You know, but I, all they want to do is talk about four titles, winning four titles. And that gets to some people. Mm. And for me, it wasn't even that it was getting to me. It was just, I was tired of hearing about it. Yeah. For me, it wasn't about winning four titles. Like in the moment it was about, yeah, sure. I might be going for my fourth title, but dude, the, the, I haven't even wrestled my first match. I got to win my first match before I can win my fourth title, you know? And, and so in the moment, got pneumonia. Yeah. And and so like for, for me, it, it was like, Dude, leave me alone. If you want to interview me, don't even talk about four titles. It, it's just annoying, you know? And I'm sure it's even worse for the D1 guys that get all the attention from all the fans and everything, you know? Uh, but it, it's, it's just like, dude, either either talk about, you know, how, how you know, your approach to the tournament or, or whatever. There's there's a hundred other things you could talk about. I know that you're trying to get, do your job. I get that. But you interviewed me 14 times this year about the same thing. (laughs) Like (laughs) you've done your job, (laughs) just leave it alone, you know? And so that, that's why it's so hard. But like when you have five years to, to win four titles, it's not as hard because you have that year. Well, you got fifth. Okay. And he's a darn good wrestler, but that one year of fifth place is it's like, yeah, three titles, man. Congrats. That's, that's freaking impressive. But that one year is the one year that, Hey man, you didn't put it all together as a freshman and, and that sucks, but like, that's the way it is. That's, that's why winning four is a prestigious thing. Right. You know, like it, that's why it doesn't happen very often. Did you surprise yourself when you wanted it your freshman year? Um, a little bit to an extent. I mean, obviously you probably, everyone thinks they're like, Hey, I'm going to win. I'm going to win a national title. That's the mindset you want them to have. But realistically, so, you know, when you went in there, were you like, this is something I could do? Uh, yeah. I mean, all year long, I was a little hesitant on being able to win. And then I rest, I, I went to, um, man, it, I had like seven losses in college and freaking three of them were in the same dang tournament. Uh, it's the only tournament since I was a little kid that I've ever placed below like third, mm-hmm. like just absolutely eats at me to this day. Um, but I remember I wrestled my teammate 
in the semifinals. And that match went as long as it could go. And at that time, I didn't even know about the rule where like the match can only go a certain time. And then after that, they're like, Oh, writing time you win yeah, right right you know? and i gave up one second of writing time and my teammate won and at the time i was ranked three and he was ranked like four or five and he was a senior and and then the number two guy at the time got upset too so so you have the number two and the number three guy wrestling in the the uh Concy semis mm-hmm. and i literally walked off the mat from wrestling my teammate straight like I, I started walking off the mat and putting my clothes on and they called me to wrestle him. I literally walked right next to the, like the mat right next door <laughs> and wrestled him. And I still remember I went to hand ankle pick on him and I left my arm up. He threw me by and I lost three to one. And and that was the difference in the match. Mm-hmm. And, and he was number two. And, and then I lost to some rando that never even placed at nationals for fifth, six, but the same thing happened. I walked right over there. It was just bam, bam, bam. So I essentially wrestled like a 45-minute match just right away. Just wow. bam, bam, bam. Isn't there um, – don't you have to wait like 45 minutes? Or is that not a thing anymore? Or what, like- uh, you do, yeah. But like um, at, at that time, uh, I can't remember. It was like a 15-minute break that they had to give me. And at that time, I, I – for like the Concy semis – I, I was warmed up. I was ready to go. I was tired, but I still felt good. I felt strong, you know? So I was like, let's just get this over with. I don't want him to have a chance to breathe either. Cause I know when it comes to the mental battle, I'm going to win that battle 10 out of 10 times. Like you're not going to beat me because I, I mentally broke, you know, you might beat me cause you're a better wrestler, but not because I'm just like, Oh, I'm too tired, you know? And, and so I went out there and literally, and I'm talking like the first, 15, 20 seconds of the match, I hit an ankle pain and he throws me by. That's the freaking difference in the match. You know, and 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 it wasn't even like I was too tired. It was just we were so fun. To, both of us were just so fundamentally sound in that in that match because we we're both tired. It was we're not taking huge risk. We're gonna hold position. And if something that uh comes, we're gonna take it. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not, it wasn't like a um go, 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 go situation. And, and so once I wrestled him, I walked off that man. I was like, I should never lose that guy ever, never lose that guy. And I wrestled him in the, in the national semis and I beat him like five or six, nothing, something like that. And, and like, once I, once I lost that match to him, I was like, I'm, I should win this thing. Like I, I should win a national title this year. <laughs> and, and that's when it went from like, and I'm doing pretty well to like, I know I can win it and we don't do wrestle offs at Grandview. And, and so it, it's based off of like your performance throughout the year uh, and like consistent, reliable and tough. Like, do you have good grades? <clears throat> um, are you consistently showing up to practice? Are you consistently competing and doing well? You know, are you the same wrestler every time you step on the mat? Um, tough is just like, I don't care who you are. You're going to have those just barn burner matches that, you know, you, you are just two guys that are skilled at the same level. And it's just hard nose wrestling. You're going to grind it out. And who's going to come out on top? You know, are you going to give up? Or are you going to keep going? And then, so me as a freshman and then 
there was a senior at 125 who was ranked number one in the country. Uh, and, and it was between us on who, who was the 12th man to go to the national tournament. Well, to the conference tournament and, um, Cody Caldwell, the assistant coach at South Dakota state now was a coach there at the time. Yeah. And, and, uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was a, he was a guy that spent a lot of time on me my freshman year. And, and honestly, I probably owe him why I won my freshman year, uh, because he really developed me from like a, a good wrestler to that next level, you know, that, that level that it takes to win as a freshman. I didn't know this until like after I graduated, when his dad told me that Cody stood up for me and said like, Hey, like we preach this championship lifestyle, like showing up to class and doing your homework and showing up to practice and doing all the right things. And so the difference, it came down to, he had missed a couple classes and I didn't, that was, that was the reason I went as a freshman instead of the senior ranked number one guy. Um, and yeah, it was, it was simply came down to, at least that's what I was told. It simply came down to literally doing everything the right way. And we were both producing on the mat. And, and so it's, that's a perfect example of like, at, at Grandview, at least like I'm telling you, like missing class could be the difference. And that year it was the difference. And, and so they wanted to take him because he was experienced. He was a senior number right. one ranked, you know, technically like more, uh, a higher chance of winning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, that Cody just said like, Hey, like, yeah, he's doing a great job, but we've, we've been, had to be on him about doing his homework. He hasn't showed up to class a couple of times and Evan, we haven't had to be on him one time. And he's producing on the mat. The guy puts in hours and hours and hours of extra work. Like this is the guy that we need to take if we're going to stick to this championship lifestyle. And that's when I, when they told me that I was going to to a conference tournament, I was like, I'm seizing this moment. And no matter what happens, if I don't place or, or I don't even make it, I'm going to, everything that I got, everything that I got, it, 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 I'm going to go out there. And in my mind, I knew that I could win it. I, I knew I could, but you never know, you know, mm-hmm. and then at the conference term, I wrestled my teammate in the conference finals and that's when he destroyed my knee. And then going, going into the national tournament, I literally like between matches, I just slept the whole time. <laughs> didn't talk to my family. Didn't talk to anybody. I, I just fell asleep. Did you and win I that rem- conference final match or no? Yep. Oh, yeah. You did. Okay. So yep. you hurt your knee, but you still came I- out on top. I, once I, once I left that, like walked out of that conference final, I knew that something was wrong with my knee, but I was still like, I could feel it, but I was walking fine. The adrenaline was going and I I didn't feel it enough. And then it was like the next day I was like, (laughs) I can't move my knee. What's happening. (laughs) And and so that's when I went to the trainers and they're like, Oh yeah, you, you have this, this, and this that happened. And I was like, great <laughs> like yeah you're you're out for season i was like uh no no <laughs> yeah and and so i i literally didn't like the when i stepped on the mat it was i just did stance motion the whole time during practice like i was like well if i can't wrestle the way i want to wrestle 
then you're not getting me. I'm, I'm going to become a Russian. You're not getting me out of position. <laughs> I'm holding position the whole time, you know? And, and so I did that and, and, and I went out there and in the, the national finals, I think one, the difference was my conditioning, but two, he put so much pressure on himself to win that thing. Like it, it was Dalton Bailey from life. And, um, he was, he was a junior that year. And he, he like, I remember I fell asleep at like 133, 141, something like that. And he was pacing back and forth. He was up pacing back and forth, getting ready. And I woke up at 184, like the second period of 184. And is well, when Cody get, Caldwell. Get ready for, like the finals. To get ready for your match, you were sleeping. Yes, yes. And Cody Caldwell came up to me and woke me up at like, I, it was either like the end of 174, or like the second period of 184, some somewhere in that time. I can't really remember for sure, but but yeah, I mean, like, and I woke up and I was like, oh, all right, wait, where's my headgear? <laughs> and I had to find my headgear. And I walk out there, I'm ready. 184 is in the third period, like a minute left, and I'm like, I go to pull my pants, and I was like, where the heck's my singlet? <laughs> <laughs> my singlet was in my bag. <laughs> so I ran back and got my singlet, put it on. And then I, I wait for the match to end and I'm staying there. And I think Cody could tell us I'm starting to get like a little worked up, you know, not, not nervous, but like too, too pumped up for what I needed to be. You know, I'm one of those wrestlers that like the more relaxed I am, the better I wrestle. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and he knew that about me. And so, he started, he was like, Hey, Hey, Evan I was like, yeah. And he started walking like a penguin. And so I started mimicking it. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's, I, I'm sure there's video of it. Like one of the fans out there and we're just looking like two idiots walking around like a penguin. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I run up there for the, for the finals. And I think I got rode out for like six of the seven minutes in that match. And somehow I still won. <laughs> like, uh, I can't remember. I think, I think he tied it up because of writing time. Like I was winning the whole match. It was like seven, six or something like that. And, and, uh, he tied it up because of writing time. And, and the whole reason that, uh, that he rode me was because I do a tripod. That's it. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you ask me, I'm the best in the world at it mainly because like, everybody else in the, in the world doesn't wrestle folk style, but I, I, I have developed ways of, of tricking you into defending the tripod, the way that you're taught to defend it, mm-hmm. which opens it up for me to get out. And, and I've developed that over the years. And, and like, so everything I do to get out from bottom is from tripod. It sets up from the tripod and, and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do any of it because I couldn't bend my knee the way I wanted and, and so I was like, like, I had the technique of other things, but everything that I was trying, I couldn't get out because I couldn't bend my knee. And like, when you're talking about national finals level, it's like your foot to half an inch too far forward is the difference between getting out and not, you know? And so I couldn't um, get up and get out. And I finally did. And I can't remember how the heck I did it, but I got rode out for so long that's got to be some sort of record being, <laughs> being rode out that long and still winning the freaking match but i remember we went to overtime and i looked at him and he was just like 
I was like, oh, I won this. <laughs> Easy takedown. And I took a high crotch on him and I took him down right away. And uh, that, that was that was the win right there. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. I mean, so you win it as a freshman. I mean, how like how'd you feel? You know, I'm sure you get asked that a lot, but like, you know, you knew you could do it, but actually actually completing the task. I mean, that had to be a special moment or not. <laughs> like right after the match, like literally from the time that I took him down, the ref gave me two to the time that we shook hands. It was like, I did it. Yeah, let's go. You know, uh-huh. and, and uh, I flexed. And it's the only time I've ever celebrated except my senior year. I put up four fingers and that was it. Yeah. Uh, but that that's the only time that I've actually like celebrated where, you know, you see the hype videos of people and they're doing backflips and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's the only time I've ever celebrated. And, um, and, and as soon as I walked off the stage, it was like, okay, you know, like, uh, let's go talk to mom and dad now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it was like, I don't know. I, it was, uh, it, it really didn't feel any different than winning like a, a state title, honestly. And, um, I think part of that was because like that year we're now inducted into the, to the wrestling hall of fame, mm-hmm. but that year was like one of the best college wrestling teams of all time. The 2017 Grandview team, uh, we had seven in the finals and five champs. Uh, there's only two teams ever to win five, have five individual champs at, in the same year. And it was that year, Penn state and Grandview. Mm-hmm. We, we both had five champs. And so seven out of 10 weight classes, we had a finalist in and, um, <clears throat> let's see. I think the only weight that we actually took somebody that di- we, and we didn't have a, a finalist at was one eighty four. Um, 184 and heavyweight. Those are the only two weights that, that we had actually took somebody with us and did not have a finalist. And, uh, yeah, I mean, wait, yeah, no, no, that year, that year we did have a finalist at 74 Lawton Benna. He he actually won it. So heavyweight was the only 184, 184, not 174, 184 and heavyweight were the two. And uh, 125, we didn't take anybody, and every other weight had uh, one or two people in it, and at least one of them made the finals. So basically, what you're saying is you took nine weights because you didn't take anyone at 184, or sorry, 125. You took nine weights, and seven of the nine made, made finals. Yeah. Yep. And then at 84, third place at heavyweight, we had a third place. <laughs> at 97, we had a third place and a first place. At 65, we had a first place and a third place. Uh, 74 national champ. Uh, 65, I think, was a runner-up that year. Maybe national champ. I can't remember for sure. 57, maybe that was Henderson, uh, or champ. 57, I can't remember. 49 runner-up. 41 was Winger, Josh Winger. He was also a freshman that year. He won it. 33 was Jacob Cologne. He won it oh, yeah, in 25. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, wow. we pretty well dominated that team. Uh, I think I think that was the year that we outscored uh, second place by like 160 points. Uh, <laughs> it's just... Yeah, you, you could have added up 
don't quote me on this, but I think it was like second through fifth or sixth. You could have added all their points together and we still would have won. Did you guys realize like, I mean, that that could be, that that was a possibility or did you guys just kind of wrestle out of your minds, you know, like, um, I don't think any of us really cared to be honest. Uh, it, it was just like, everybody on that team was very competitive and it was like, Jacob Colon would go out there and tech his guy in three minutes and Josh Winger would go out there and be like, watch this. <laughs> and it, it would just try, uh, like kind of go down the line, you know? And then like when he got to 97 and heavyweight, they had done everything already. So me, me and Dean Brokhammer were the, we called ourselves the closers. Yeah. Cause like the, in our minds, uh, if, if a dude, when, when push come to shove, if a duel came down to both of us winning, we were winning that duel, mm-hmm. you know, like in our minds, like the, if the rest of the team choked, we were not going to, you know, like we, we were going to finish out strong. And, and so we, we just had like a friendly competition going on between us <laughs> because like you go through all those weights, especially in a duel, like what else is there to do? Like somebody's like cartwheeled over a guy and pinned him in a cradle or some random thing. And we're like, I'm a, I'm a 97 pounder and I'm a heavyweight. Like, how do you even, how do we even follow that up? <laughs> so we, we didn't really concern ourselves too much with, with like that, but it was like a, like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to have fun with this and I'm going to take them down and let them up. And I'm going to take them down and ride the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then I'm going to pin them and, and I'm going to do it and I'm going to look better doing it than you, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I mean that, that Dean, Dean Brokhammer and I, we got along really well. And part of it was cause like our warm up that year for the national tournament, the first day of the national tournament, him and I literally just played football. We just, we just threw a football around. That that was it. That's all we did. We just screwed around having fun and, and the national tournament didn't really matter, you know, and the year prior, he got fifth at the national tournament in the year in 20. No, he got fifth that year and at the national tournament in 2016, he won it. Right. And, and so at the national tournament in 2018, it was like, it was a whole new Dean Brokhammer, you know, and and so like it, it, it pushed me too because that year I I teched my guy in the finals, um, and it was the same guy I wrestled my freshman year, same guy, oh, the, uh, the dude from what'd you say, Life Life University, yep. Dal- Dalton Bailey, yep, Life University, and well, I don't know if I teched him. It was like a fourteen point match though, it still drives me nuts. But um, but anyway, like we uh, we just pushed each other so hard that year. And, and, um, we got to the national tournament and we were warming up and everything. And we just made sure that like being so close in weight, we hardly ever got to see each other wrestle unless it was a duel. Right. And, and so like, we just made sure that one another were relaxed. Like if I, if I was chill and walking around and I was talking to somebody and I look over and I see Dean over there, just all serious, I would go over there and like slap him. <laughs> it, like, you know how guys do that? Like try to slap you in the nuts. Yeah. I do. I do that to him. Like try to get him 
thinking about anything else, you know, right. be like, Hey, you little, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden we're like, we're in a, a fake fist fight over there <laughs> before our matches. And then all of a sudden we're up, you know? And, and so Dean and I just found ways to keep each other relaxed and, and just having fun with it. And I think that's, that that's what made that team special is like, we all just, didn't take it too seriously. We just went out there, wrestled, wrestled hard and had fun. Mm-hmm. And the result just kind of took care of itself basically. You know? Yeah. And, and the funny part is, is like 2016, we scored the most points ever. And in any division, it was the most points ever scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we outscored second place by like 85 points or something like that. And then mm-hmm. 2017, we go and do that. <laughs> so, and then in 2018, I think we had, three finalists, four finalists, something like that. And three champs. So. Dang. Just. And, and to this day, it still just continues. I mean. Yeah. I mean, the Grandview, it's just, I think, um, I think going for that 10th title, I wasn't there obviously, but just from an outsider perspective, it kind of looked like, um, the wrestlers were a little bit complacent compared to the way they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even so like they went to the national tournament and they lost by like four points and three guys lost twice to a, a life guy and a head to head. And just, just one of those matches is a difference between, you know, you win one of those matches and, and you are the national champions. And, and so I don't know. Um, I don't know why or, or what, or what they did, but they just, uh, they just didn't wrestle like, like they were capable of. And, uh, a few changes to the lineup, but basically the same team come back next year and win it. You know, it, it just shows like they're so talented, but it just, you got to make sure that as a wrestler and the upperclassmen, uh, and as a coach, you're never complacent ever, you know, because the second that you are is the second that, you know, even if you you find yourself doing that and you don't even realize it, it, it can go off to the athletes. Or if you're an upperclassman and you, you're complacent, all of a sudden that just trendles down, you know, it, it's very impressive what Grandview has been able to do uh, over the last 10 years, 11 years, um, especially like once you get into coaching yourself, it's so hard to get guys on that page. And once you get them on that page, it only takes one person to slip up and the whole team, you know, like now at Grandview. Yeah. Like they can slip up and they'll still win. They'll still win a lot. However, that one slip up could cost them the national championship, you know, and that's the difference between first and second year in and year out. Yeah. It's that championship lifestyle you were preaching earlier, you know, yep. And it's funny, you know, you know, Iowa also won five. They had five national champs in a year. And then they also won nine in a row and going for 10. They slipped up. They weren't living that championship lifestyle and that slipped them up. Yep. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why it is, but that somewhere in that 10th area, somebody going for their 10th. <laughs> Uh, just not the the wrestling gods will not let it happen (laughs) yeah Uh, i think it if it makes sense when i say this i think it's very easy to be successful as a team Mm -hmm. but it's also very difficult because you gotta you gotta 
buy in yourself and then you got to get the rest of the um, coaching staff to buy in. And then once they're bought in, you can start getting the kids to buy in, you know, like you can't tell the kids to do something, then you're not doing it. Um, they, they see right through that. Right. And then like what happened at Grandview is they did that and they won like their fourth year of, of existing as a program. They won the national tournament that exact same year. Uh, like the, like they won it in 2012, the 2012 football championships, Grandview won it. And Grandview wrestling was the first team ever to win at Grandview ever. And, and now Grandview, they're in contention for almost every sport, every single year. And, and so you just, because of wrestling, like Mitchell coming in and teaching that championship lifestyle, you see the whole culture shift in the school, the whole school, you know, like now everybody, they just subconsciously do that. You know, like even if the coaches aren't preaching it, it's like, this is a winning school. This is a winning tradition, good academics. And, and like, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to do what I need to do to be successful in my sport and in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And, and you're starting to see like, instead of teachers fighting, like, no, you can't leave because you got wrestling dual meet or whatever. Like, okay, let's get this done ahead of time. That way you're done and you don't have to worry about it. You know, like I remember I, every single year, the end of April is U.S. Open, and I go out there. But that same week is finals week for Grandview. The same exact week, uh, and wow. so at the very beginning of the semester, I'd have to go to each one of my teachers and be like, "Listen, I will not be here for finals week." It's like I do not care what you say. <laughs> I will not be here. So let's work something out now, mm-hmm. where I can take the final exam prior to that week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, even if it's like the Monday that I leave, I don't care. Let's work something out. And in, in five years there, there was one teacher that wouldn't work with me, one teacher. But I got lucky and, and that teacher allowed you to miss one exam. And so I just missed the final. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't care what, what uh, one it was. And I see like the very first exam, I see all my, I'm the only one in the classroom. I was like, rookies. <laughs> Not only do I, I have know. a choice, but why would I choose to miss the easiest exam? Right, right. The final oh, exam is yeah. going to be the hardest. Right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, they, they'll work with you. And, and I mean, I would love to do that at some school, some school that is willing to take a chance on me. I'd love to like come in there and, and not only like teach what I know, but learn from other coaches, successful coaches, you know, it's just like wrestling. You got to constantly developing your, your leadership and your coaching style and basketball, football, track, cross country, soccer. It doesn't matter. Like coaching is coaching. And you know, the soccer coach might do something that I'm like, well, hold on. How were you able to get this many recruits in? You know, what, what is it that you do that draws them in here? Um, and I can learn from that or, mm-hmm. Hey, I noticed that your athletes are doing really well towards the end of the season. How do you adjust your training regimen to, to get them to pick up at that time? Yeah. And, and so I, I think it's constantly like, instead of having a school, and I'm not saying any school does this, but instead of having a school that is like wrestling's wrestling and you can only talk to, you know, like you can talk to the football coach and be friends, but like, I'm not sharing my secrets. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. We won three national titles. Like here, here's how we did it, man. Here, here's the formula. And, and that's how we did it. And, 
It's like, man, I can take that, 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 and that, and I'm going to put that into this, you know, mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where I enjoy coaching more than I enjoy competing. Mm-hmm. And I always told myself that that's when I would call it quits on the competing side. And, and so now my goal is more shifted towards coaching. But when I was competing, my goal was never to win an Ashton. I was always, 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 always an Olympic title or a world title. In fact, like my coach in college had to write down, we wrote down our goals every year and I never said national champion ever. It was like world team member, uh, you know, U S open champ and so on and so forth. And he would have to like write it in there <laughs> and then give me a copy of it. And, and cause I could care less. The way I looked at it is like, if I'm, if I'm training to be the best in the world, the national titles will come. They'll just, those just naturally come because I'm trained to be better than those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so that's where, that's where like your people, uh, as a coach, I've noticed that's where your people, um, waver, you know, that that's where like the, the ones that are going to do really well throughout their career, they step up to the plate and the one, the other ones, they'll just kind of like, they may not drop out or, or leave the team. And, and I don't want them to either, but they'll just kind of, dwindle themselves out of the picture in terms of being a starter, you know, and, and a, t- a successful team needs both of those, you know, a successful team needs those guys that probably are never going to wrestle a- in like the starting lineup at a national tournament. Cause those guys are just as important as the guy that won the national title and, and was one of the 10 or 12 guys that, that helped do that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause those are the guys that are pushing your, your starters. Those are the guys that are like, you, if I get taken down in practice, I'm, I'm a guy that's like, Oh man, hold up. Let's, let's get out real quick. And I'm going to try something else. And you might pin me, but I'm going to try it. You know, and those are the perfect people to try that on. But also like you got your people that those guys take you down and they're like, "Mm." (laughs) and then they never want to get taken down again. And it it motivates them. They just go after you constantly. And all of a sudden it's that flip. You know, it's like, I can't constantly be wrestling the best guys in the world. Like at the end of the day, I, I, I will get better. Yes. But if I wrestle the best guy in the world three days in a row, and then all of a sudden I go wrestle with somebody that's like, they're good, but they're not the best guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm like, I am stomping this guy. And, and like, I don't, I don't care if you have confidence issues or not, or, or you're like the most confident person out there that raises your ego or, or your confidence. Like you're just like, man, I'm a bad dude. <laughs> you know. And then you go back and you wrestle the best guy in the world. And you're like, Oh yeah, I got you now. <laughs> you know? And, and so I don't know, like for me, for me as an athlete, I wrestled David Taylor at the U S open in 2018 first match. And most people would see that matchup and they're like, Oh, son of a, I'm going to lose this one. I saw that matchup. And I was like, freak. Yeah. I get to see, where I stand against literally the best in the world. Uh-huh. And I walked off that mat. I got tacked in the second period. And I walked off that mat. And I was like, man, if I fix my footwork, I win that match hundred percent of the time. I, I walked off that mat. So confident, like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so close so far, but so close. It's the small things. And, uh-huh. and, and like, you'll have your guys that, that are like that. And then you'll have your guys that are like, ah, I suck, you know, but, but it's your job as a coach to, to help, improve them on that aspect too and be like no man like if we go back and watch that footage if 
you, you got in on three shots. If, if we just learn to finish this, you win that match, you know, like that's a, that's a swing right there. Uh-huh. And, and so all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. You know, sometimes it's just how you say things. What made me a, a better wrestler than most was whether I, I walked off the mat, technic guy getting beat or I pinned him in eight seconds. I literally would walk off the mat, go to my coach and be like, what can I do better? What do I need to work on? Dude, Mitchell would be like, I don't know, man. You just pinned him in eight seconds. Like, not much to work on, obviously. And I'm like, there's always something to work on. Always, always, always. And so I never liked watching my own film. I just left that to the coaches. I hate watching myself wrestle. And and so I would watch. I'd let the coaches watch it. Have them tell me, hey, you, you, you're heavy on your right foot. Okay, let's fix that. You know, meanwhile, I'd watch like the Sagalayevs, the, the Taylors, you know, Sanderson, all these guys that have succeeded at the top level. And I just study their film and I'd be like, right there, he could have scored or right here. If he does this, he could have scored. And if he's doing it wrong, I'm definitely doing it wrong. So let's go work on that, you know? And I'd hate to know how many things that I corrected or how many things I even, I saw them do it. I'm like, hold up, rewind and just sat there and studied it. And, and so like, just as a coach, it's the same way, you know, it, like you said, Rick Caldwell, he's one of the greatest coaches, at least in Iowa history. And, and there's a reason for that, you know, and, and your best athletes and your best coaches are that way. They don't, they don't sit there and fight you and say my way or the highway. They say, we're doing it this way. If you have a better way, please show me, you know, and then they implement, they don't change their way. They just implement that into their way. You know, like a good coach doesn't change who they are. I'm not Kale Sanderson. I'm not Tom Brands and I never will be. And I can't, I can't try to be them. I can't go out there and just start yelling at my kids and thinking I'll get the best out of them. I can't go out there and just have that aura of respect because of being the only person to go undefeated. You know, it, it, it just doesn't work like that. I have to go out there and be me and learn from everybody else and implement that into my coaching style. And if I can do that, that's how you earn their respect. Mm -hmm. That's when you start getting the best out of athletes. If you look at any sport, uh, at any time through, through, throughout the years, every single, every single person, there's, there's that gap between your goods and your greats, right? And every single great, they line up. They all have the same mindset. Every single one of them, it does not waver. Like they may call it different things. They may do it a little bit different way, but the mindset is the same of I'm the greatest and I'm going to do whatever the freak it takes to be there, you know, and, and, and perform at this very high level. And I'm going to raise my teammates to that level. And if they can't reach that level, like I'm going to be hard on them until they either leave or they buy in.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Evan Hansen, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget to check out my website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast my.canva.site and as always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the let's talk wrestling podcast take care see you next time